Well, good morning, Elevation Church. We're so glad that you are joining us online today. I just wanted to pause for a moment and have a prayer together. And so let's pray together. God, we invite you into this moment. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're so glad that you're joining us online and, and looking forward to uh, sharing just this word that God has put on my heart. Um, you know, I, I just have to be honest. This week has been kind of a hard week. Uh, as I've looked around our world, as I've uh, experienced the challenge of being a pastor, of helping people, uh, I have found myself a little uh, overwhelmed by what I'm seeing. And um, recently, my wife and I, Gretchen, we were, we were spending time just talking a little bit about some of the situations we see happening all around us. And the sad part is, is that as you look at all the challenges that we're facing, whether it's injustice or racism or, or this virus or the political climate or the news cycle or whatever it is, the thing that I think that we all have to see if we're believers in Jesus Christ, is that we have a Father in heaven who's looking down on his kids just like a father would look at his children who were fighting each other and have sadness in his heart. Because, see, I don't believe God's plan for our life is that we would be at odds with one another. I don't believe that's what God's plan is for any of us. And as a father, I know that that is not my plan for my kids. And I actually think God's heart is breaking right now. Because, see, he has a better way for us. He has a better plan for us. And so often what happens in our life is we find ourselves fighting against all kinds of things. But in reality, we're fighting the wrong things. And it's so important that you see this. And I'll just tell you this. I'm going to be honest with you. This morning, I got up and I felt heavy. I had a message prepared and that was the message I was going to preach. But the Lord started to speak. And I tell you, I just thank God for divine interruptions. I thank God for divine interruptions because it's in those moments that sometimes you can hear God the clearest that you possibly can. And, and I just want to ask for your grace a little bit because it is hot and fresh. And so I may say some things that ruffle some feathers, but I feel like I need to speak because that's what God has put on my heart. I need to share what the Lord has downloaded into me. And so if you're okay with that, I, I hope you are, but, but I want to share just what God spoke to me this morning that I just think that we all have to see. It is so important that we know our enemy. It's so important that we know who our enemy is. And here's the thing that I understand, and I, I hope that you understand as well, is that the, the Father, the Creator, the God of this universe has a plan for your life. But the converse is true as well is that you have a spiritual enemy that has a plan for your life as well. Satan has a plan for your life. Whether you know it or not, that is the truth. And it's important that you understand what I'm saying to you today. C.S. Lewis said it this way, and I, I thought it was so profound. He says, there's two great errors when we talk about Satan. 
One is that you think too much of him. And the second is that you think too little. See, I don't think that we are aware sometimes of what is happening around us, the activity of the enemy. I actually believe right now in this season that I see the devil winning. And the reason the devil is winning is he continues to divide the people of God. He continues to divide our nation. He's using all kinds of things to do it, whether it is racism or injustice or whether he's using this virus or the political uh, sphere that we're dealing with, this political cycle and the election year and and the news media keeping everything going and, and wanting you to follow their particular news story like a monkey, like a little bird eating up everything that they say. And guys, here's the thing that we've got to see. God has a plan for our life. And the devil has a plan for our life as well. And all around us, we see division. All around us, we see discouragement. All around us, we see people struggling. We have cities on fire right now. Simply because... We're fighting the wrong enemy. We're looking at the wrong enemy. And I need you to hear me today. It's so important that we see this, is that God has a plan for our life. The devil has a plan for our life. And when we focus on what the devil's plan is for our life, when we start to act in that lane, when we start to live in that lane, the only thing that can come from it is death and destruction. And that is not God's heart, and that is not God's plan for any of us. And so here's the thing I want you to hear. We are fighting against the wrong enemy. Let me show you in the scriptures if you don't believe me. Listen to this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and he he says a, a final word. Like it's almost like he's summing things up. And he says, be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. Not your power. Not in human power. But in God's power. Watch this in verse 11. Put on God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all, listen to this, all the strategies of the devil. In other words, you have an enemy that has a strategy against you. Listen, verse 12. And this is the part you've got to hear. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We are looking at the wrong enemies. We have to understand that we are fighting a spiritual battle. And the enemy wants us to see that everybody around us, all the people, all God's creation is working against you and trying to convince you that you have enemies and those enemies are people. And the Bible says just the opposite, that we have somebody that's working against us. And as Christians... If you call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ today, you need to understand that there is a plane around you, a spiritual plane, and that's happening all around you that you may not even see, but it's real. And so often we only look at what's in front of us. We look at what's in the physical because that's what we can see. But just because you can see it or can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. And that's the thing the Bible teaches us. And so we have to understand that we are fighting against the wrong enemy. We are fighting against, listen to what the Bible says, but again, against 
evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly realm. See, that's what the Bible teaches. I don't know if you know that today. But when we don't know that, when we don't apply that, what happens is the enemy is able to bring division among God's people. That he's able to bring division in our nation. He's able to bring division in all kinds of places when we forget that our brother and our sister, they're not our enemy. The devil's our enemy. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about the fact that you have a spiritual enemy and his name is the devil. His name is Satan. His name is Lucifer. Whatever you want to call him, that's his name. The Bible talks about him in that way. And so we have to see that we are not fighting against our brothers and sisters. We are fighting against a spiritual enemy. But see, here's the thing. If we are going to fight this spiritual enemy... We have to know his tactics. We have to know his battle plan. We have to know his strategies. Can you see how if we knew his plan and his strategies, how that would help us fight against hating our brothers and sisters? Could you see how that might help us? How we might actually turn our angst and our anger and our frustration towards a spiritual enemy rather than a physical enemy? It's so important you see this. Dr. Peter Kraft said it this way. He said, you can't win a war if you are unwilling to admit that we are even in a war or you don't know who your enemy is or you don't know what strategy your enemy is using. I don't know about you, but maybe you've studied war, but, but I don't know. But the, the thing that I see in war is there's a strategy. Anybody that goes to war without any strategy is probably going to lose. And yet here, right here, we see that the devil has a strategy. The devil has a plan for your life, and he wants to make sure it comes to pass. He wants to make sure it comes to pass. And so what I want to do for just a moment is talk about the battle plan of the enemy. The battle plan of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy everything that God wants to give you. Everything. Let me say it again. Everything that God wants to give you. It's so important we see this. And so the first thing I want to talk about that one of the major strategies of the devil is division. Do we see any division around us? Do we see any division happening in our country? One of the things that we know for sure is that one of the strategies of the devil, one of the strategies of the enemy of our heart and our soul is that he wants to divide his people. I don't know if you know that this word devil comes from the word diablos, and Diablos comes, means that he who places division or separation. Dio is the root for demon, which means to divide. So in other words, in the very essence of his name, he is propagating something on God's people. And that is to bring division into the house of God. To bring division into the nations. To bring divisions among his creation. And it's so important we see that his main strategy is to divide and conquer. And see, that's not a novel strategy. That's a strategy that's used in war all the time. And matter of fact, I think it comes from the very pit of hell. I think it does. See, the devil is roaming around, the Bible says, like a lion, sizing up. Listen what he's sizing up. He's sizing up the easiest targets. Now, why would he size up the easiest targets? 
Why would he do that? Why would he get them separated out? Because he feels like he can leverage them. He can take advantage of them. But listen to this. A large coordinated force is difficult to defeat. Just sit that, sit that in your brain for a second. A large coordinated force is difficult to defeat. Now, now, now you may be asking, what are you saying? I'm saying that on this planet Earth, we have Christians everywhere. It's important we see this. The church of Jesus Christ is designed by God to be unified around the things of God. And what happens is we quibble over non-essentials and we forget the mission and we focus on the wrong enemy. And then what happens is we get separated and we get divided and then all of a sudden we become weak and we're unable to do what God has called us to do. People, listen, listen, listen. When we get separated from one another, we are easily defeated. When we get separated into little factions and little constituencies and little groups and little subgroups and more groups and groups and subgroups, and we're not unified around the things of God, we cease being the church. We become some version of it, but we are separated and divided. And the Bible says, and I believe this 100%, that we are easily defeated. And I think that's exactly what the devil wants, is that he wants us to be defeated. He wants us to be divided. He wants to divide and conquer us. And right now, that is what is happening in our country and in our world. And look, some of it was caused by man. Some of it wasn't. There's all kinds of reasons and problems that we're dealing with. But we have to remember that we have a spiritual enemy and his goal is to create division. And when he does, we lose. It's so important we see that. So that's the first thing he does. Part of his battle plan is division. Number two is, is that he is all about deception. He's all about deception. Listen to this in, in John chapter 8, verse 43 for, through 44. I'll read this to you. Jesus is speaking to a crowd of people. Jesus wasn't always that fond of crowds because, you know, crowds can be fickle. Do you know that? I mean, it seems to be true, doesn't it, that, that crowds can sometimes be fickle and they can be thrown, tossed, and turned by, by all kinds of ideas and philosophical things. And, and, and so Jesus was speaking to this crowd. And he says, why can't you understand what I'm saying? Because it's because you can't hear me. Listen to that. He's like, you can't hear me. And he goes on to describe why they can't hear. He says, for you are the children of your father, the devil. Well, <laughs> thanks, Jesus. I mean, isn't that fun when Jesus says that you're the father of the devil? He's saying to the crowd, he's saying to all the people, you're the father. Your father is the devil. And then he goes on to describe it. He says, and you, and you love to do evil things just as he does. He, he was a murderer from the beginning. He was always hated. He always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. Do you hear it? In other words, he's a liar. There's no truth in him. And then watch this. It says, when he lies, it is consistent with his character See, my God is not a liar. 
The devil is a liar. He is the propagator of lies. And it says, for he is a liar. He is not just a liar. He's the father of lies. He's the originator of these lies. See, see, when we believe lies, we are in the lane of the enemy. And, 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 and could it be true? Because you're like, well, well, what does that mean? What are you talking about? Could it be true that we live in a world right now with a lot of misinformation? Perhaps even some might call it propaganda, which is a war strategy. All kinds of ideas. I mean, we live in the information age. All you have to do is click on this and click on that. And who knows if it's real? Who knows if it's true? But sometimes what happens is we buy it and we start to go down that little path. You know, little seed here, little seed here, little seed here. And the next thing you know, you're going down this path. You're going down this path and you don't even realize it. You don't even realize it that you're on your way to the slaughterhouse because you've bought into some misinformation, some propaganda. And look, I'm not talking about news cycles. I'm talking about the truth of the gospel. I'm talking about what the Bible teaches. I'm talking about how God has called all of us to love him and love people. That, see, I'm talking about what the scriptures teach. And so here's a question. Does your life and your behavior right now is it lining up with scripture? Your activity in whatever world you're in, whether it's online or in person, is it lining up with scripture? Or have you just bought a lie? Have you just brought, bought into something that somebody else is saying? My friends, my brothers and sisters, I, as your pastor, I want so much to just simply say to you, don't be led astray. You have a spiritual enemy and he is working overtime to work against you and not for you. And there are all kinds of men and women that sometimes get used by that enemy. But we have to always remember that those people are not our enemy. The enemy of our soul is the devil himself. And we have to understand this. We have to see this. So the first two I talked about was division. The next one was deception. Here's, here's the third one. I would just call it disorder. Disorder. Listen to this in 1 Corinthians 14, And I'm reading out of the Amplified Version, but watch this. For he is not a God of confusion and disorder, but listen, but of peace and order. Listen, as in the practice in all the churches of the saints, God's people. So what he's saying is, in this particular context, he's saying that in the church, God brings unity. In the church, God, God does not work with confusion or disorder. So important you see this. God is a God of order, and he is a God of peace. And so where we see disorder... It's important that we understand that the enemy is active. Now, he may not win, but he's active. And it's so important you understand this tactic because the devil is working overtime. He is, getting, he is working overtime to create disorder. And, and, and I'll go a step further, confusion. Because, see, if he can create confusion, he can distract you. He can distract you. What is he going to distract you from? from the things he's already told you to do. 
that we're not living into, that we're not practicing with our brothers and sisters, that we're not practicing even in our politics. We're not even practicing it online. And see, that's what the enemy wants. He wants to create confusion. He wants to distract us. See, he wants to distract you from your purpose. And you might say, well, what's my purpose? Your purpose is to love God and love people. Your purpose is to love God and love people, not your agenda. Your agenda is second to that mission. We are called to love God and love people. That is what God calls all of us to. And when we get out of that lane, we start to get confused. We start to get distracted with all the things and all the cares of this world. And we lose sight of our mission. And that is why the church breaks apart. Because we've lost our main purpose. Okay, guys, everybody take a breath. Because I know I'm preaching. I'm preaching hard. And I know that maybe, just maybe, you're like, ow, ooh, ah. That's okay. I think it's good. I think it's good for all of us to hear this. It's good for me to hear this message. Because I think so often we get distracted. We, we get confused. The enemy starts to steal everything. And we start to look at our brother with hate in our heart. And we start to create all kinds of things to work against the, the kingdom of God simply because we're functioning in that. So, just a little recap. The devil uses division as his battle plan. He uses deception. He uses disorder. He also uses disconnection. Disconnection. See, Corinthians 4.4 tells us, 2 Corinthians 4.4 tells us, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those that don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glorious Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Now, what are you saying, pastor? What I'm saying is, is that there is a whole group of people in this world that don't understand what perhaps you understand. Christian, believer in Jesus, you are supposed to understand the purposes of God. You are not only supposed to understand them, you are supposed to live them out. That's what the Bible calls us to. That is the challenge for us, is to model that, live that out as a light, right? As a light on a hill that all might see. But see, what, what, what Paul is saying is that there is a group of people that are disconnected. And they've been blinded by the enemy. They've been blinded by the devil. And here's the problem we have. Is that we, and I'm going to say it almost like, uh, let me just say it um, kind of frankly. Because actually this is a word we don't really use much anymore. But we can't expect a pagan to not act like a pagan. Get that for a second. In other words, if somebody's not a believer in Jesus Christ, we can't hold them to a standard that's Jesus Christ. Because they don't know. And what happens, see, the Bible says that we, we need to understand this strategy of the devil. That there are people out there that are not going to act the way that they're supposed to act. And as Christians, here it is, guys, we're supposed to love God and love people. We're supposed to love those pagans that infuriate us, that make us angry, that write things that we hate, and that, that make us want to pull our hair out. Ah! See, that's what the Bible teaches. I know this is hard, but guys, we are called to give grace to those that don't know God. 
We are called to be patient with those that don't know God. We are called to pray for those that don't know God. We are called to love those that don't know God. Do you see it? That's our calling. And when we don't do those things, we are not doing our job as Christians. And I'm sorry if you're feeling like I'm picking on Christians this morning because the reality is, is I am. And I'm not doing it because I don't like you. I'm doing it because I love you. Here's the thing. Someday I'm going to go to heaven. I believe that 100%. And I'm going to stand before God. And here's the thing that I know. That when I stand before God, I want to be able to say to him, God, I did everything I could with what I had. The people you gave me to shepherd, I shepherded them as best I knew how. I can't be responsible what every other church is doing. I can't be responsible for what every political group or denomination can do. But what I can do as this pastor, as the pastor of Elevation Church, I can be responsible for you. And I'm going to teach you the word of God. Because see, the word of God is true. We have to love people the way that God loved us. Guys, our evangelism is a farce when we don't love people the way Jesus calls us to love people. It's so important we see that, guys. And I'm not, listen, listen. Some of you are out there like, well, what about sin? Guys, you know I'm all about beating up on sin. It's not about that. Because, see, I believe holiness is important in our lives. But if our holiness our love for God doesn't cause us to love people, then something is broken with our gospel. Something is broken. Okay, so last point of strategy for the devil, and that is simply this, and remember I said it earlier that the devil has a plan for your life, and you know what it is? You know what it is? It's destruction. It's destruction. You've, you've heard me probably even say this, John 10, 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything that God wants to give you. And see, when he can get you focused on the people around you as your enemy, he's already winning. He's already stealing everything that God wants you to have. Because, see, God wants you to have good relationships. God wants you to love people. God wants you to have unity. God wants you to not be uh, deceived. He wants you to have everything that you need, the connections you need, the order that you need so that you can be successful. Because, see, on the other end of that promise is it says, my purpose, God's purpose for you is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And right now, guys, there are people in this world that are not experiencing any rich and satisfying life. And guess what, Christian? Our job is to do something about that. Our job is to love people, to let the love of God come out of us towards the people around us, to be the church, to be who God has called us to be. We have to know our enemy because our enemy wants nothing more than to kill and steal and destroy. We got to remember that our brother and sister is not our enemy. We got to remember that, that we're called to love God and to love people. We've just got to remember this. See, the reason it's so important that we know God's or the devil's battle plan is because 1 Peter tells us why. 
1 Peter 5, 8 says it this way. Listen, he, it's a warning. He says, stay alert. Stay alert, right? Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Look at that. And then he goes on, he says, he prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. And guys, I see him devouring people right now. I see it happening. And I'm just going to say, I'm not, I, I, I've gotten past anger. I'm sad about it. I'm sad that the devil is winning. Because see, we're called to win. We're called to live victorious. We're called to defeat this lion. That is our birthright. That is our inheritance. We are to work in this world for victory and reconciliation and justice and all the things that God has called us to do. That is what we're supposed to be doing. And many of us are cowering in the corner. We're not active in the things that we need to be active in. And the enemy is winning. And so we are called to do that. Listen, in verse 9, he says, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Stand up. Be strong in your faith. Don't just love God with your lips, but love him with your actions. Begin to do things for the kingdom of God. God is on the move. And this enemy is a defeated foe. But right now in this battle, he's winning. There's, there's all kinds of division. But guys, we can do better. We can do better. We can work harder. We can see the kingdom of God brought into being. See, the, the lion wants to size up the weakest little lamb. The weakest one so he can get him picked off and, and put over there in the corner so he can devour them. Isn't that what happens with hate groups? They find the weakest people and they devour them and they teach them and they turn them in to people that they are not called by God to be. See, the devil's busy, but the church has to be busier. The church has to work harder the church has to see what's going on around us, that our brothers and our sisters are not our enemies. It's the things of this world. It's the principalities. It's the spiritual enemy that we have. And so, as I end, I have a call to action. So important we know who our enemy is. So important we know what his battle plan is. But guys, we got to know our assignment. We've got to know our assignment and I've sprinkled it throughout this whole message, but I want to make sure that I'm clear. And I wanted to share this quote with you from St. Augustine that, that I think should be something that you write down. St. Augustine said it this way. He said, charity or love is no substitute for justice withheld. Charity or love is no substitute for justice withheld. Wherever there's injustice in this world, wherever it comes from, the job of the church, the job of the people of God, the job of this pastor and every other pastor in this city and this nation, as far as I'm concerned, is to fight against it. To fight against the injustice, not necessarily the people. And when we make the people our enemy, we lose every time. 
We are called to fight injustice. And any kind of love that doesn't have justice in it is not love at all. It is an incomplete version of what God's plan is. Because see, God's plan at the core of God's gospel is freedom for everybody. Freedom. And so we have to see it. And so I want to share this passage of scripture and then I'm done. Perhaps you've heard it. It's a powerful passage of scripture. But this is in Micah 6 eight. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read verse 7 right before it to make a point. Listen to this. And you'll be like, at first you'll be like, what's going on? Listen, verse 7. Should we offer him thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of olive oil? In other words, should we make sacrifices to God? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? And then he goes on to say this in verse 8. No! The Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you. To do what's right. To love mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. The reason I shared that verse 7 is it contrasts what's happening in verse 8. Because see, the people were deceived. The people were deceived. They actually thought that their sacrifices or what God wanted. They actually thought that, that, that their religious activity is what God wanted. And, 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 and in essence, what the prophet Micah is saying is that your religious activity is worthless. It's junk. Now you'd be like, Pastor, what do you mean? I mean, you mean like coming to church is junk and I shouldn't sing songs and I shouldn't stand up and raise my hand? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the, the prophet is pointing out a problem. He's saying that you can go through all the right moves and still be in the wrong place. It's possible to actually even be found and lost at the same time. When we put our faith and our trust in, in our religious activities, we can lose sight of the point that God wants us to see. And the point is this, that our religious activities are not what God wants. Our religious activities that make, listen, listen, the, the religious activities that we have that make no earthly or heavenly difference is a problem. See, we're called to make a difference. We're called to be the church. We're called to have more than empty words. Some of us are so good at saying what's right and then not doing it. And God is saying, no, 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 that is not the religion I want. The religion I want are the people that are committed in this world. They're committed in this world to do what's right. In other words, to act with justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Guys, I can't say it any plainer today. I love you so much that I had to share this message because at the end of the day, it hurts my heart to see us hurt each other. We gotta do better. We got to work harder because I believe this 100% that when we pray, as some of you know, as the Our Father, when we pray for God's kingdom to come, God's will to be done on in, right, right in heaven and on earth, that's God's plan. It's not to build a political establishment. It's not to build this. It's not to build that. It's to build his kingdom. And Christians, that's what we're called to do. 
May we love God and may we love people and may we allow our agendas to go to the side as we continue to love him and love people in this world. I believe the kingdom of God is coming. I believe the kingdom of God is coming in this city. I believe the kingdom of God is coming in this church as we continue to fight the good fight. So wherever you are today, you do what's right. Wherever you are today, you love mercy. And wherever you are today, you walk humbly with your God. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you so much for divine interruptions. I thank you, God, for your word, how it challenges us, how it refocuses us. God, I wanna pray on behalf of this church for your forgiveness. for the times that we haven't done what's right, for the times that we haven't been merciful, for the times that we haven't walked in humility, and frankly, God, for the times that we haven't loved our brothers and sisters the way you've called us to. We ask for your forgiveness as a church. We ask for your forgiveness as a nation of believers, God, so many believers in this nation and we're divided and the enemy's winning and we're sorry. God, would you bring unity to your church so that we can be a large, powerful force for you. I wanna just speak to somebody this morning that as I talked, I know I spent a lot of time on the enemy and maybe I spent too much. But I wanted to just make sure for the person that's out there that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you heard what I said in John 10, 10. See, the enemy has a plan for your life. It's to kill, destroy, deceive you. But see, God has a plan for your life. Jesus came into this world to help usher that in that he would give you an abundant life, that he would save you. The Bible says that if you would simply put your faith and your trust in that Jesus, the one that paid the price for you, that he actually will come in, save you, and begin to transform you into the person that he wants you to be. And matter of fact, you'd be able to live out this assignment if you do it. And so I want to pray for you today. If that's you, I just want to offer a prayer for you. And if you'd like to pray this, just pray this prayer with me. And maybe even say it out loud wherever you are. Just say this prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. I recognize my sin. I recognize my separation from you. I thank you for dying for me. Forgive me of my sins. Set me free. Change me from the inside out. Empower me for the assignment you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen.
hey, we are so proud of you. If you prayed that prayer today, we just want to say, well done. We are so excited for you. As a church, we want to be able to come alongside you and help you on that journey. And, and so if you wouldn't mind, maybe drop us a note uh, at hello, <clears throat> excuse me, hello at elevationstl.com or, or even drop something in the comment line. We would love to send you some information to help you on your journey or even send you a brand new Bible to help you get started. I also, just for a moment, want to talk to you about giving. Uh, as a church, uh, I just want to just remind you that that's how this church functions. It, it, it functions on tithes and offerings. And first, I want to say thank you to all of you that are tithing and giving sacrificial offerings to God's church. Well done, especially in an economic downturn, an economic hardship. I just am so thankful for all of you that continue to give so faithfully to what God is doing. And then for those of you that maybe have never given, I want to encourage you to do that today. Uh, maybe just take that step of faith. A uh, very simple way to do that, you can text uh, Elevation FM Give to 77977. Thanks for being with us today. Have a good day.